Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. We are one church in three locations, Pepper Pike, Ohio, South Euclid, Ohio, and Liberia, Africa. Together, we seek to widen the circle through our core values of diversity, safety, authenticity, growth, and forgiveness. To learn more about Garfield Memorial Church, visit our website at garfieldchurch.org. And now, may you be blessed and inspired by our weekly podcast of the message from the 10 a.m. Sunday morning Mosaic worship service. Garfield Memorial Church, widening the circle. Welcome to Garfield Memorial Church. I'm so glad you can tune in with us for a blessed Christmas Eve. Uh, I was talking with Pastor Terry earlier, and she said, boy, do we need Christmas this year. We really do. Christmas is an intervention. It's God's intervention to remind us, as we've been talking about, that he is Emmanuel, God with us. So here we are uh, at the end of 2020 on this Christmas Eve, and I'm trying to let you know something. I'll let the cat out of the bag. Since March, since we kind of moved into this forum during the pandemic, our whole goal as a teaching team has been preparation, helping to prepare you for what we are to be as a church in this whole new reality. I mean, on, not just on the other side of the pandemic, in the midst of it now, how we can be the church in new ways you know, this has taught us so much. We, we got casual in our faith. We really did. I, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. Faith became something on a menu item of what we did during the year. And during this time, we have learned that our faith is a matter of life and death. That's what you heard in the Christmas story. That's what you heard Joseph read for you earlier today, is that this was Jesus coming into the world, what? to save. It doesn't say God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to bless the world. It doesn't say God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to educate the world. It said God so loved the world that he sent Jesus to save. This is a rescue mission. We needed this. We needed God to come back. The word sozo in the Greek is to pull you back from the edge of a cliff. We needed God to pull us back from the edge of a cliff. That's what Christmas is. That's what we need. That's what this year has been about. So at Garfield Memorial Church, if you're visiting with us, whoever you are, we've been working for nine months on preparation, discipleship, getting us ready to be the people that God wants us to be, to be a light to the world, to be a light to the nations. That's what God called Israel. And so tonight I want us to look at Christmas through the eyes of Joseph. Now Joseph is a character in the manger scene, but you don't see him much after that. In fact, in the Bible, Joseph only shows up during the Christmas stories. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she's involved through the whole story, through all the way clear to Easter. And Mary receives Jesus, she receives Christmas in a way that's extremely unique. Nobody before, nobody ever again will receive Jesus Christ the way that Mary does. But Joseph receives Christ the way you and I do. 
with some skepticism, with some uncertainty, with some embarrassment maybe, even anger, right? And you heard this story. Joseph, uh, here, you know, you know the background. Uh, Mary is with child. Uh, Joseph and her are engaged. Mary would have been probably 13 to 15 years old. Joseph probably 16 to 18 years old. Here they are, two teenagers and, and Mary comes to Joseph and says, I'm pregnant, and you are not the father. But I am with child from God. Can you imagine that conversation? Think about that. Where Mary goes to Joseph and says, you know, I, I'm pregnant. I know we have not had relations yet, but it's all from God. Um, that probably didn't go over very well. And we hear in our story today that Joseph is trying to divorce Mary quietly. He's trying to get out of this situation. And Joseph could have gotten rid of Christmas. He could have wiped it away. But the angel comes to him in a dream, as you heard, and gives him what? Courage. Gives him courage, just like the cowardly lion. He needed courage. Right? Mary's message at Christmas was, Hail, favored one. You, you've received the blessing of God. But Joseph's message was, Don't be afraid. See, Joseph thinks his issue is being righteous, being religious. But the angel says, No, Joseph, you're being a coward. You need courage. And the angel comes to give Joseph Courage. And this Christmas, in our preparation, in our readiness to be the church that God needs us to be in this day and this time, is to bring us courage. I want Christmas to bring you courage this year. Courage on three fronts, the same way it brought Joseph. The first front was this courage to risk your reputation. So many of us are so concerned to do anything or say anything based on our reputation, right? We have just watched a whole political season where people on both sides of the aisle, not one or the other, have, have been so careful to say anything or do anything. What? Because they care about us? Because they're, they're representing their constituents? No, because they don't want to risk their reputation, it's the same sometimes with followers of Christ. We don't share our faith. We don't talk to people on our jobs, in our you know, various uh, area codes. Uh, we don't pray because what? We don't want to be associated as one of those people. Joseph knew that Mary was going to be disgraced. It's right there in verse 19 as you heard it read for you tonight that Mary was going to be disgraced. It didn't matter that Joseph was delaying it. He was trying to do it quietly. Nonetheless, if you were a single, pregnant, teenage, unwed mother in that day and age, you're going to be disgraced. Even if Joseph got with Mary, and they did, you know, people do arithmetic. Let's see, born on, you know, married on January 1st, first child May 5th. These are small town communities. And Joseph knew that Mary would be disgraced. And his situation was, do I want to be part of that or not? Because if I go down this road, I will be disgraced. And Joseph was able 
through the angel's message of Christmas to get a courage to risk his reputation. I'm going to tell you, Christians in today's day and age, we need to have that kind of courage. We need to associate ourselves with people who maybe would be being disgraced or on the fringes, uh, you know, that we are accepting ourselves that, look, the Christmas story is that Jesus Christ came and we're going to come, not for people who are deserving, we're not deserving, but for those who aren't, that we will go. You know, they called Jesus, you know, when they criticized him, you know what they called him? A friend of sinners. And he took it as a compliment. And we need to do the same, to risk our reputation, to be willing to, to be laughed at by the world, that we might be in ministry with people who are hurting and helpless and bruised and bored because we're willing to do what Joseph did, to say, I don't care what the crowds say. I'm going to follow this Jesus who is the Savior of the world. So the first thing is the courage to risk our reputation. The second thing is to have the courage to accept, watch this, the adventure of the Lordship of Jesus. Now, you say, okay, that's, that's a lot of words, Chip. What's going on here? Well, Jesus came as Savior to save the world. But he also came to be the Lord of the world, to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so many times it's so easy to accept Jesus as Savior because that doesn't affect us very much. But it's a lot more difficult to accept him as Lord, where he is in charge of my life right? Where he reigns supreme in my life. And, and this happens with Joseph when the angel says, no, you will name him Jesus. And the name Jesus is Yeshua. God saves. Now, why was that a big deal? Because parents always name their children. And the angel saying to Joseph is, you will not name this child. This child will name you, right? And when we name something, it means what? This is a human thing. It means we're in charge of it. When we name a child or name a pet or we start a business and we name it or we invent something and we name it, it's kind of an image that we're in charge of it. We manage it. And God says to Joseph, if you're going to take this child in your life, this child does not come under your management. You come under his you may not name him because he will be naming you. Are you willing to be under the lordship of Jesus? That's what Christmas asks, right? In, in, in the early ancient days, uh, if you were to buy real estate, buy property, you would walk around acres and you would say your name. So I would say, freed, freed, freed. And because declaring your name says that you own that property. And on that first Christmas, the angels showed up and they declared from the heavens the name of Jesus over all the earth, saying that he was under management of the world. God so loved the world. And we're under the management. And, and that's difficult. Like, you know, we want to say, well, if I come to God, you know, I don't want to be embarrassed. That was point number one. But I don't know, will God ask me to do this? Will God ask me to do that? Well, I mean, guess what? You don't know what God will ask you to do. 
Jesus said, if I come in to be king over your life, you have no idea what I may ask of you. And that's allowing ourselves to surrender ourselves to Jesus as Lord. I told my wife in preparing for this message tonight, if you would have come to us, Terry Freed and I, when we were 25 years old, and said, hey, guess what? You're going to be a lead pastor. Terry, you're going to be a pastor's wife. We would have laughed you out of the room. But three years later, that was in process. And 33 years later, here we are at this amazing church. Do you have the courage to accept the adventure of living your life with Jesus as Lord? Every preacher has their little kind of mantra sermons. One of mine is when I saw a a young child one time whose parents went to Hawaii and they came back and they gave the child the t-shirt. Remember, I, my parents went to Hawaii and all I got was this stupid t-shirt, right? So many of us are wearing emblematic faith, souvenir faith of an adventure we've never taken. And Jesus says, not follow my teachings. He says, follow me. This babe born in Bethlehem. Do You have the courage to take the adventure with the one who names you that you don't name him. Whenever you try to say, well, I want God to do this. I want God to do that. I want God. You're trying to name him. And the angel said, you will not name him. He will name you. He is not a savior to come in and be a tame lion. He's not a savior to come in and fit into your Google calendar. He is the Savior to come in and say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Come and follow me. So giving us the courage, right? Giving us the courage to follow this Christmas, to risk our reputation, and to go on the adventure. And the last thing is the courage to admit you're a sinner in need of a savior. Joseph, the angel said, Jesus is coming. You will name him Yeshua for he will save his people from their sins, right? For years and years, so many people said, ask Jesus into your life, ask him into your heart. And you know what it really meant? I'm going to try really, really hard to be good. And I'm going to try to reach my goals because, you know, you'll be in my life now and you'll help me The truth is, this is not, you know, um, a self-help program. This is a search and rescue program. I read something Pastor Terry gave to me a a few weeks ago. And it was a story of someone who wrote a book who was in the search and rescue business in the Rocky Mountains. And they talked about rescuing an 11-year-old child, had uh, a hearing impairment, was not able to see very well, And they rescued that child, 11 years old, and they said afterwards that children are so much easier to rescue than adults because children know they're lost and they tend to stay where they are. And this child stayed by the Colorado River. They said adults tend to wander off thinking they can save themselves. Does that sound familiar? Have you done that before? This Christmas... Do like Joseph when he heard the angel say, Jesus is coming to save you from 
your sins. One person wrote one time, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent a teacher, an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. But our, our greatest need was rescue. So God sent a Savior. Do you have the courage to say, God owes me nothing? I owe him everything. If he would have abandoned me, I deserved it. But God rescued me. That's Christmas. That's the message that Joseph heard of, of the angels that day. And that's one of the reasons I hate the term. People say this a lot. I'm sorry, I'm just going to vent it tonight on Christmas. I hate when people say, hate the sin, love the sinner. No, it's always love the sinner. That has to be first. And hate your own sin. Anything that separates you from God. See, Joseph was humbled and understanding he was a sinner in need of saving. And when we know that, we won't look down at anyone anymore. Whether they're hurting or helpless or bruised or bored or whatever they might be, we will look at them and say, there am I. That's the message of Christmas. That's what we need to hear. That's what the world's going to need. That's what the world needs right now is courageous Christians that have the courage to understand their own sin and their own brokenness and to go out into the world to redeem. What did it say? Peace on earth. Goodwill to all people. Only broken sinners saved by the grace of God knowing that we've been rescued. We've been pulled back by the edge of the cliff. Only we are able to do that. So I hope you will find the courage this Christmas for those things, right? To risk your reputation, to be on this adventure under the lordship of Jesus, and also to be able to admit that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Okay, so how do we get this courage? Last point. We get this courage... When we look at the story, what do we see Joseph doing? He got up from this dream and he started acting like Jesus. What, what do I mean by that? Well, Joseph, I think, looked at Mary and Mary was like us. She was in this predicament. She said, let it be with me, Lord, as it has been. She was stuck. She was pregnant with the Holy Spirit. She was going to be a single mother. She had left her life out. Joseph had an option. He's like you and I. He could have vacated. He could have, he could have snuck off. And he tried to do it. But he looked at Mary, who was willing to give her life. Here I am, Lord. Let it be with me as you have said. She was willing to blow up her life to receive the Christ child which would save Joseph and you and me. And Joseph looked at him and said, Mary is willing to give up her life to save me. Maybe I should be willing to give up my life to save her. And Joseph decided, if Mary is going to be disgraced, I'm going to accept that to that disgrace to be in my life because there's no way anybody would have believed that they weren't both unfaithful. And she lo he looked at Mary in her helplessness. He looked at Mary in her condition. And he was willing to take that to be his own. Now, who does that sound like? 
Does it sound like the one who was willing to humble himself? Even though he was exalted of God, Philippians 2 said, but was willing to humble himself, taking on the form of a servant and to be obedient even unto death, even death on the cross. Jesus Christ at Christmas looked at us in our failing condition and he was willing to relate to us. He was willing to do what Joseph did to humble himself, to say, you know what, I'll take their disgrace to be my disgrace so that I may be part of their salvation. If Joseph never married Mary, think about it. Deuteronomy 22 says that a woman or a man, well, usually they did to the women, not the men, who were unfaithful when being betrothed, that they should be subject to death. And the Romans did not allow the Jews to do this capital punishment very often, but once in a while they did. And Joseph, if, even if she was not committed to capital punishment, women couldn't get a job in that day and age. They had no voca vocation. No one would have married her. She would have been on the verge of starvation the rest of her life. But Joseph says, no. I'm going to believe that God is in this, right? And that's what Jesus did for us. They deserve to be starved. They deserve shame. But he was willing to identify with us. The book of Hebrews says he is not ashamed to be called our brother, to be called our sister. But he entered in. I had two of you text me. I'm going to end with this. It was so interesting this year. I said, hey, Chip, on Christmas, can you tell the Dorothy Sayers story? Can you tell the Dorothy Sayers story? I couldn't remember when I told that. I looked back in my notes. It was 2013. It was seven years ago. And two of you said, please tell that story again. Dorothy Sayers was a woman writer. She was a peer of C.S. Lewis. She actually was the first woman who ever graduated from Oxford University into history. And she was a mystery writer. She wrote mystery stories. Stories. She wrote kind of like a James Bond, Sherlock Holmes uh, story of a man named Lord Peter Whimsey. He, was, he solved detective stories. And, and that's what she wrote. But she also, about midway through the stories, uh, suddenly a cryptic figure entered in. Her name was Harriet Vale. And Harriet Vale was the first woman they ever graduated from Oxford. Very average looking that Dorothy Sayers called herself. She was a writer of mystery stories. And literary critic says, you know, Dorothy Sayers wrote a character into her stories that was a lot like her. And one particular critic said this, that, that Dorothy Sayers looked into this world she created, looked at this character that she created. She fell in love. And she wrote herself into the story. That's Christmas. God looked into this world that he loved. And he looked at you. And he looked at me. And he just wrote himself into the story. And when we know that, that should give us courage. That's Emmanuel. That's God with us. To be with us. To be able to give us the courage to risk our reputation. To give us the courage to go on an adventure, an adventure of life on purpose, life with meaning, and to enter into us to be able to admit, yeah, 
I'm broken. I can't manage my own life. But the good news is, I don't have to. Because Christ has come. What do we sing in the, story, in the song, Heart the Herald Angels Sing? It, it says, mild uh, his glory he lay by. What does that mean? Not coerced, not forced. He chose. Jesus said, nobody takes my life, I give it. He laid his glory aside that you and I might experience his glory. What does John say? We have seen his glory. The glory of a, fa- of a father's only begotten son, full of grace and full of truth. That's the story. That should encourage us. That should give us the ability to be the people that God wants us to be. He wrote himself into our story. Now this Christmas, let's write ourselves into his story and be the light that the world so desperately needs. That's my message to you this Christmas. God bless you and Merry Christmas.